Well, yeah, because you live in a Bolshevik city, you know. I don't. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, we got some Bolsheviks, but there's oh, more than Tel Aviv. No. It, quite clearly, it's it's uh, and it's getting it's going to get even uglier, I think, as the election approaches. And they're doing this whole phony impeachment thing. I mean, the only way they can stop Trump is by removing him. They can't beat him. I I think this impeachment may backfire. That's oh yeah, I mean, big time. I mean, if, the, the more the more they keep it up, the bigger I think Trump is going to do. Well, the better he's going to do. Are in, you recording um, our conversation now? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm just curious. Are you going to edit it or just throw it the way? No, you I'm just. I, I'm kind of an old school. No, you Come on, I know it takes work to edit shit. Okay, go ahead. I, and I don't even know how to do it if I wanted to. So I just, I download <laughs> I it, I put it, it up. <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, that's kind of the new ethos, anyways, of the online uh, program. You know, you really. Yes. Oh, except if somebody tells you things which are irrelevant and boring, it's kind of nice to cut them out, but you don't know how to do yeah. that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you, you can dump the show too. So, but tell me a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, you, you've got an interesting. Oh, God, I forgot what we're talking about now. We were talking about. Uh, we were talking about Trump and Israel. Over Boston, right? Yes, yes. Interesting. Well, you know, it's nothing. Go to San Francisco, then you come back to Boston, and you feel great. By comparison, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. But people speak to me sotto voce. You know, they say, you know, we're with you, Chuck, but don't mention it. Well, um... <laughs> I don't know. I want to tell you something totally different. It interests me, but well, no, let's. I mean, you look. You're you're in Jerusalem. You're in his lifelong Israeli. I'm in Jerusalem. Okay. What's so, going on with the Israeli election? Okay, I'm Jewish and I'm totally secular. I don't believe in any Mr. God or Mrs. God or uh, or any such uh, fairy tales. I am totally nationalistic, patriotic, Zionist Jew. Okay, that's that's who I am. Okay, I am also very tolerant. I am okay with anybody believing in uh, whatever the hell they want to believe and living the life whichever way they want to live. But I am really opposed to people trying to impose it on me, you know, be Jews or Muslims or atheists or whoever, you know, I, or gays or whatever. If, as long as anybody lives their life, fine. But if they start trying to impose on me, well, that's uh, so... Um, that kind well, of I, I think that living in Israel, you you are basically free to be who you are. I mean, I would you know to a high degree. Well, theoretically, yes. Theoretically, that should be the case in every free country, America, or you know. But it's not so um, in practice, you know. Well, how well, is it that you are in any way impeded in your beliefs and in who you are? Well, in in uh, in Israel, I'm impeded by by, for example, the fact that I cannot take public transportation on Saturday. So it's the Orthodox. The, In this um, case, yes, they impose, they have, they have uh, like, they have more power than they really should because they, I don't know what they represent, they may represent 10-15% of the population, but they have this swing vote, they in a way not really political, but they can go with, with either the leftist or the rightist, uh, as long as they get the benefits, you see. 
So uh, now they don't ally themselves with guns. Before that was Netanyahu, and 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 nobody is like. I mean, maybe maybe they're gonna get their asses kicked a little bit. You see, and I'm get get, get me right. I, I am hundred percent for giving them the freedom to live their life according to their tradition, and I support it hundred percent. I stand for it. Mm-hmm. But when they go too far by saying that I have to live my life according to their standards, I think that's a little bit too far. So well, well, my, well, I mean, it seems to me that you're describing a major schism in Israeli society between religious and secular, and it seems like both sides have become a little bit more and more extreme as the decades have gone on. So the religious are becoming more religious and the seculars are becoming more secular. Well, wait, wait. I I don't think that you can describe my position as extreme because I'm saying I 100% support them in having the freedom to live according to their whatever ideals and beliefs and, and traditions so, so how can I be called extreme? I mean, I think if there's a religious neighborhood, I would respect it. I would do. I would never drive through the neighborhood because I want to respect people's uh, what they, their sentiments, you know. But but I just think they're going too far when they're saying, "Well, I cannot take a bus in a in an area which is completely not not inhabited by religious uh, Orthodox people." So, it's like so, I'm so saying, this is this is what's going on in Jerusalem, but they're not telling people in Tel Aviv. Yes, yes, this is the this is the national law. For example, the for example, the the train uh, doesn't run, the bus uh, service doesn't run. You can take the the private uh, minibuses or taxis and so on. But I think that's uh, you know. So so well, well, maybe I, I mean this is a th- a thought in terms of a compromise. Maybe they could have a Shabbos goy manage the bus that day. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, I, I think it's fine. Though. Or maybe you could do something like pay for your bus service on Friday, so there's no exchange of money, and you know, it's kind of like in this country, you if know, you have the Orthodox, they have an elevator that goes automatically to the different floors. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's ways to get around this if you if you. Well, you're something. a creative person. I I wish there were. I, no, no, because I, I want I want to see both sides. I, Me I, too. Me you know, too. and I'm proud of the Orthodox who are trying to, you know, conduct their faith in a, in a, in a way that, that they believe God wants. But at the same time, you have to have freedom to to uh, not do that. I mean, and this has to not be a meaning. But somebody believes that's invisible. It's more about how they live. Yeah, that's the Jewish faith. I mean, the, the, the problem is that, and, and I remi- admire that, even though I'm not strictly observant like that. But nevertheless, I hold it up as a as a good thing. But at the same time, you know, you have to function, you know, in the in the real world and for people who are not religious or not Jewish. And um, you know, I, I hope that there's a way that they can coexist. I wonder if it's maybe more, you know, these things are manifestations of something deeper in that there's real animus toward each other. Well. Okay. Well, let's. I cannot speak for others. I can say for I can speak for myself. Sure. And again, I wanna I wanna one more time emphasize that I hundred percent support my fellow Jews in having the right to live according to their beliefs or traditions or whatever. I just don't want them to impose it on me. 
Understood. Understood. So, so, and the imposition is that bus service. Radical. No, I get that. And and so the imposition, as you see it, is bus service on Saturday. Well, that's the one thing that affects me. You want to take a bus on Saturday? (laughs) By the way, can you take a cab on Saturday? Yes, you can. And I personally. And I like the fact that you're you're respectful toward. You don't want to drive it drive down the middle of an Orthodox neighborhood. I get that. No, I think, I think that's rude, you know. I, I, right. I, you know, sometimes I don't own a car. Sometimes I rent a car. And if I, by mistake, uh, end up in a neighborhood that is, like, very religious, I back out of there as slowly, as quietly. I don't want to, I don't want to be provocative. No, it's not at all. I really want to respect people. And I want them to have the same. And, and I agree with you. I, I wish that this conflict could be could be put aside because I don't think we I don't think we need this conflict. We have enough conflicts here. We have real enemies that want to destroy us. Right. Why why do we need to be divided over something that uh, really th- think about the, the the early Zionists uh, who who created this country in the beginning of 20th century. Sure. Zabotinsky. Zabotinsky was able to work with with both secular and religious Jews and and Think about the the early quote unquote settlers, people who actually created the made it possible for the state to exist. They were all secular. They were, they were. well, not yeah. all, not all, but yes, there was not a, all, but majority were Zionism out of the, the sort of the official movement was very secular, although there was always a religious Zionist movement. I know uh, the majority and, and them, but My yes, the main movement was secular for sure. Yeah, majority of the kibbutzes, which were created throughout Galil and and other areas where nobody else wanted to live because it was dangerous, because of all kind of savages attacking them, they were they were socialists, they were atheists, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and and they were patriotic Jews. Yeah, no, I get that. Although my, my, not it's kind of an anecdote, but my cousin lived mm-hmm. on a religious kibbutz, Birot um, Yitzchak, which is an Orthodox kibbutz. So there are some as well. I mean, it's a minority, but um, the one thing that they all shared was Zionism, belief in the right of the Jewish people to have a homeland that is sovereign. And that there is a spiritual component to that, even for the most secular Jew, that there is something bigger to it in terms of um, a mission. I mean, it's not just an ordinary thing. Well, I don't know what you mean by because I, I see the other way around. Personally, yeah. I see what people call Judaism is really bullshit because, because it's not a religion in the same sense as uh, Christianity or... You know, Islam, which is not a religion at all, but rather it's uh, an imperialist, colonialist theology. But the so-called Judaism is really Jewish patriotism. It's a love for the land and love for the people. Because when you you look at at Christian uh, holidays, for example, Mm -hmm. what would you have? You celebrate the the birth of their founder and, and his supposed crucifixion and all that kind of things, all related to their mythological beliefs, which I'm, but uh, so it's it's about, it's all about going to heaven and salvation and all kind of metaphysical. What are the Jewish uh, 
celebration. They're very much like any other country. We celebrate our victory over Greeks, for example, uh, or we celebrate escape from the Egyptian oppression or uh, unification of the tribes and creating of the nation. You know, that's what mm -hmm. that's what really is the the Simha Torah. They, they are not they, they they have the religious overtone, but they're sort of like the American dollar has uh, in God we trust. You know, mm -hmm. but it's because you pay a dollar doesn't mean that you are practicing religion. So I see I see that our so-called religion is really nationalism, and the most important commands are about living in the land, and I give you this land and the land for you for you and your. Uh, Children, you know, grand grandchildren, and so on. And um, the prayers are also like this: thanking for what? Thanking for the harvest, and according to the Jewish calendar, according to the Jewish—I uh, mean, to the Israeli climate. Look, a Jew can be living in Australia or in Siberia, and he still will be praying for rains in October. Why? Yeah, but who is he praying to? What? Who is he praying to? He's well, praying he to God. He can be praying to his dog for all I no, care. No, he, yeah, but the point is, he is praying to the Lord God, King of the Universe. Yes. I mean, I don't want to get into a, I don't want to get into a theological argument with you, other than to point out that Judaism is a religion. It's a religion by which we believe in God. Yeah, but what I'm making point about is that the important part of what you call religion is really nationalism, because no other religion. Well, but, but is the whole nation state of Israel. There's a there's a spiritual God component to it. It was God who told Abraham to go to that land. You know, it was God who told Joshua to, to, to engage in the battle of Jericho. You know, these are there is a mission to this whole thing by which for some reason, and I don't claim to understand it because I'm not a Torah scholar, God wants us to take possession of that tiny little swath of land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. I don't know why, and I don't claim to know why. You can but call it a spiritual component to it. The end result is the same. The end result is this is our well, land. The point is that it is national and religious. That's what's unique about Zionism. It's not just national. I mean, a national movement would be the French movement or the, the British movement. Well, Zionism is both nation state, the, the second oh, wait, wait, state. Wait. Why is British any less religious than the Jewish? Because God didn't command them to take that land. Because God saved the queen, they sing, don't they? Why maybe God? That, maybe, yeah, that, they hope that God saves that individual, but there's no command for the children of Britain to take possession of this land and create a society. You know, the, the whole thing that makes it unique is that there is a, a spiritual component to it. It's not just a national movement, which is great, but it's both national and religious. Even the most secular Israelis... Ben-Gurion acknowledged this. He understood that there was something more to just the, his having the great courage and nerve to declare independence, that it was, there, was a, there was a spiritual element to it. I mean, it's just part of it. It's part of Zionism. I don't mean to rant here, but <laughs> what say you? I, I, I agree with you. The, the place where I don't maybe see eye to eye with you is is that you think that that's unique? And I say, having lived in many countries, you know, because I was well, it's not. It may not be unique. I'm not saying it is. Like, for example, the Hopi Indians in in Arizona believe that God commanded them to take possession of their reservation of their land. And so do the Japanese. They think that God gave oh. them Japan. Okay, fine, and that's their religion, Shintoism. I get that. 
Exactly. But, but, but we're Jews, so we think God told us to do Israel. No, 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 I understand. But what I, yes, but what I'm saying is that, that the problem we have is, is that if people see us as a religion, then the natural question arises, well, why the hell do Jews need a land? Why should not Seventh-day Adventists have a land or Christian sciences or some other such sect? You know, well, if, they, if they look at the Torah, they'll know why. The Torah says that it's the children of Israel that's to have that speck of land. Well, see, here's where I stand. Where I stand, I'm saying like this, that for being able to be understood by non-Jews, by other nations, uh, and respected as such, we need to apply equal standards. And by equal standards to us and to other nations, we have more right to this land than any other nation has to their land because it's an older tradition, much more history, and much more much stronger attachment. No other nation has been able to survive without their land and, and stay loyal and, and faithful to their land for so long. My great-grandfather, he was secular, but when he died, he, he wanted his, his ashes to, to go to the, to the Holy Land or to, to, to the land of Israel. So, so three generations later, uh, my mother's unc uh, uncles uh, asked my mother to take the, some ashes from his grave and to carry them to Israel when she finally traveled there. That's how strong is and 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 our ancestors. They were buying dirt that somebody was bringing from Jerusalem to put under the head of uh, when they were being buried, you know, because that was the connection to our land in Russia, in Poland, in uh, Germany. I don't think any other nation has such a strong connection to the no, land. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, Zionism has been a movement that's existed in every generation. From the second to destruction of the second temple right up till today. Every Jew, we pray that God returns us to Jerusalem. I mean, that's, we turn to Jerusalem when we pray. That is part of, and we do so every day and have done so every day, uninterrupted from that time. So the only thing I want to add to it, yeah. whether you call it God or whatever you call it, that longing and that commitment to the land and that sentiment it exists also among Jews who are absolutely secular, such as myself, who don't believe in any God, and is every bit as strong. No, and, I, and I totally get that, but I would add to you that that commitment to that land, historically and today, involves more than just a mere national commitment. As strong as that is, it is something spiritual about it. You know, whether you believe in God or not, and I don't know if you choose not to, that's fine, that's your business. There is, that is a, a, a central aspect of being a Jew. That is what makes a Jew a Jew. We believe in God, and we believe that we have a mission to be godlike and to try to be extra layer of moral and ethical element to, to be a light unto the rest of the world. Not in a hegemonic sense, not in a chauvinistic sense. We're not better than anybody else. It's actually, we're, we're servants more than anyone else. We but that's we have to serve God, not right. man, and that serve as an example to the rest of mankind. That's, okay, that's I don't, the I don't share of, of Jewish faith. I don't share this. I have, I, no, I have no need or desire to be the light for other nations. I that's fine. 
I don't want to impose anything on others. I want to leave others alone, and I want them to leave us alone. Well, that's, I mean, let me be clear here. Being a light unto other nations doesn't mean you're bothering other nations. We're not, it's, it's, this is not a, a, a we're not okay, trying to, okay, so course, the anti-Semites will say we're trying like, to conquer the world. No, like that's every, not what it's about. That's gosh. not what it's about. It's with it. We are serving the world by serving God, by worshiping God. And, but the very fact that even though you're an atheist, the very fact that you're I in Israel. I was an atheist. I don't believe in God. That's not the same thing. All right. Then the fact I, that you don't believe in God, nevertheless, the fact that you're in Israel, you are fulfilling the most of the precepts of the Torah. I'm fulfilling the longing of, of hundreds of generations of my ancestors. My, uh, my great, 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 great ancestor, who had the same name as me, Rothenberg, he... He was the rabbi of the city of uh, Rothenberg in, in Germany, and he left, I think, in 13th century and was captured by some dickheads in, in northern Italy, some crusaders, who wanted to extract money from him. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, because he was a famous rabbi, they wrote back to, to the, his city, to his community, say, send us, you know, whatever, uh, a million dollars, and we let him go to, to Israel. Well, he wrote a letter so they don't send because if you pay him, then every other Jew who is going home will again be captured, and so so don't do that. So that was a that was a Jewish patriot uh, from whom I inherited my name. It's a great story. Well, it's right. a, it's, you can look it up. You can look it up. No, I believe that's fantastic. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> as my grandmother used to say. Um, so, so where is your where is your grandmother from? Where's your where are your people? Well, my, my grandparents were from, from Russia. I mean, they they were you know came to the United States at the turn of the century. Um, what uh, what's going on? Do you think with the Israeli election? Do you think Netanyahu or Gantz? Uh, you know what I think. First of all, let me tell you very clearly where I stand on on on, on Israel. Okay. I believe that this is our land. I believe that Arabs are occupiers of our land, the colonists. And I believe that that the only way the peace can be achieved is by repatriating the occupiers back to their country. Well, let, let me just explore that a little bit. So yeah, I am please. looking for two-state solution, nor for... Uh, a so-called one-state solution where, where there's a huge Arab minority. It's not going to work either way. Both is going to lead to to war or still worse, maybe civil war. So, so this is how I see it. I see also giving away any of the land, any of, the, of our land to the Arabs is complete idiocy. And it's, and it's against the norm. See, what, what we're being pressured to do is something that no other nation is expected to do. I want to just, I don't know if, how, how familiar you are with the recent history, but for example, in Czechoslovakia, after World War II, some two million Germans were expelled from Sudeten. Why? Because that was necessary for the health of the Czechoslovakian nation, for their safety, for their security. And those Germans had infinitely more right to this land, to the Sudetenland, than Arabs have to Judea and Samaria. Right. Because the Arabs in no, Judea... No, look, I, I totally agree with this. And I want to point out that most people don't realize 
that the vast majority of Arabs living in Israel and Judea and Samaria, they immigrated into Palestine in the late 19th century, around the same time that there was an increase in Jewish immigration. About and they, the went, and they went there because they wanted to get jobs and take advantage of the modern technologies that the Jews were bringing into the region. That was a big factor. The income in, in uh, let's call it Israel, but well, that time was not yet called Israel, was about 10 times higher than in, in Egypt and 20 times higher than in than Iraq. Right. So naturally people were coming here. That's but, right. But I would submit that even, even the Arabs who live here and who descend from Jews or partially from Jews don't necessarily belong here the same way as there were, for example, people of Polish descent who lived in Germany, became completely Germanized, became parts of Nazi party and, and then took in a, a part in the occupation and murdering of, of, of Polish people. Who cares that they had some Polish ancestors? They became identified with a different nation, adopted a different national ideology. They were no longer Polish. The same thing with Arabs. Even if they have a Jewish ancestor, it doesn't make them Jewish unless they choose to be Jewish. Well, then they of course right. they convert to Judaism. But well, well then I mean, look, I'm not sure I can sign on to what you're talking about here. But let's just be clear: Are you suggesting that the Arab population be expelled from from Israel? I suggest that every Arab who calls himself Palestinian doesn't belong here because he's an enemy. Okay. Because you know what it means to be Palestinian? The very term means that, first of all, that this land is Palestine, and secondly, right, it's it's Israel, person, and we are the foreigners, the colonists, the occupiers. Our no, I, I actually agree with that. I mean, I think that it's, it's a civil war that the Arabs lost. Mm -hmm. And in, in, it's historically speaking, the losers, it's like the American Civil War, the Southern you know, Confederacy lost. So they, they, they're no longer a Confederacy. I mean, it just disappeared. And, and that's how these things right. usually go. Because Confederates, they could become citizens of the United States and integrate into the right. society. But the Arabs Arabs cannot as long as they're Muslims, because Islam in itself is an anti-Semitic, Nazi-like ideology. Well, I mean, look, I mean, unfortunately, you are bringing up some things that are largely true. It's it's difficult to talk about, but what is it to, to talk about? Well, because you you don't want to think that this group of people who are Muslims are, not, are never going to be reconciled into Israeli society. Well, the point is that if you look at the truth, and the truth is that overwhelming majority of Muslims believe in hadith, which describe the life of Muhammad. This particular collection of hadith, which they call the true, the authentic hadith. Mm -hmm. Okay, they call them Sahih or Sahih hadith, and they're Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, and a couple others. According to those traditions, those, those hadith, Muhammad was a genocidal Jew hater who, amongst other things, said that that uh, the salvation, the last day, will not happen until Muslims fight Jews and kill them all. There's a famous hadith like this. L let me just comment here. First of all, if we go on to an examination of Islam, I'm going to be taken off the air at YouTube because that's 
you know, be censored. And um, so well, I just, well, here's the I, I understand that, but that's the reality we're living in. And so therefore, I want to be on record as simply stating that I believe, as you do, that it's not likely that Muslims are going to be integrated into a Western society, particularly in a country like Israel. I don't want to talk about the intricate details of Islam, because if I do, I'll be taken off the air. It's that simple. Okay, so I want to say something about it, which is hopefully not controversial. Okay. And, and that is that the fascists who take you off the air are deliberately obfuscating the difference between ideology and race. And opposing an ideology, be it religious or secular, is part of a democratic process where people can discuss ideas and it has nothing to do with racism because Islam is not a race. I can exactly. criticize I ideology and I can criticize Islam just like I can criticize Nazism. And by criticizing well, you Nazism... Should, you should be able to, but in this day and age with the people that are running YouTube and... Well, let's just media, put it straight. You can criticize Nazism without being a racism against German nation. Uh, look, again, I agree. You can criticize Nazism without being against Germans. You can criticize communism without being against Russians. Correct. And, and uh, you could criticize Islam without being against Arabs. But I am fact, not against Arabs. Exactly. But, and I get that, and I totally agree with it. I'm just saying that in the atmosphere we are now functioning in, we cannot do it. There are certain people you cannot, and groups, and it, even ideologies, that you can only go so far in terms of criticizing, and Islam is one of those. There are well, several others. something in this respect. This is the reason why I got into what I am working on right now. Yeah, so what is that? I am working on creating means of private communication that nobody can uh, intercept because I was participating in some discussions where people were saying, look, I don't want to have this in my email because obviously email sooner or later can be read by people who I would not wish to, to be able to use it against me. Correct. So I wanted to that group this discussion group to use an encryption and then i found that there is not in this whole world a single privacy program that is at the same time easy to use and secure it's either easy or secure there's many good strong encryption programs and they are terribly technically complicated and none of my friends who are not geeks would use them and then there's some stupid ones such as ProtonMail and other online supposedly secure emails, and they're not secure because we don't control the server. We don't know who controls the server, so how can they be secure? We have to trust them, and you should not trust anybody. No, so, I mean, of course, look, I, I have to wrap up the conversation, but I'll just say that uh, I understand what you're doing there, and I support it, but there is a little downside to it, and that is we can end up having terrorists use these things. So I want to answer that because the same argument can be used against penicillin. They can use penicillin and they can cure themselves. Or the same argument can be used against the Second Amendment in America, that bad people can use guns. But overall, freedom is more important even if bad people can take advantage of this freedom. Okay. All right, listen, I have to leave it at that. I want okay. to thank you for joining me. It's been a great talk. All, All right. right. Take care, and I'll send you a copy of it.
I want to ask you off the off the record, just just 